So, um, <clears throat> so these letters to you, these conversations with you, are about full disclosure. They are about revealing, making transparent the process, how things came about, how what you see as the finished outcome is in fact only a, a freeze frame of a continuum. Um, and so it is about demystifying. And of course the danger in that is that you destroy the mystery, which I think why which I think is why there can be so much silence and apparent obscurity or or in or enhanced obscurity about art and especially so-called conceptual contemporary modern art postmodern whatever label you want to put on it um but that's not the purpose of this because i hold that you can go around demystifying and you're never going to achieve it because fundamentally it is too extraordinary too big a mystery too vast infinite a mystery you're never going to manage anyway so you're not going to destroy you're going to create by by um, illuminating by casting light on the hidden processes the hidden thought processes the hidden um, you know, sort of emotional and mental techniques, approaches, attitudes that come into creating art, whether it be music, of course. I mean, it's all, every time I say this, it's all inclusive of every, it's not just painting, it's not, it's every kind of creativity. It can be numbers, it can be anything. I think this, this all applies. <clears throat> Um, but so I started out these love letters <laughs> to, a, of the first experience is about, and it f further down the line, because in, in this letter, in this conversation, I want to talk about where it all began, and it began later in life in terms of visual art. And the fact that I, I'd already, um, we've all, Ready had experience from children of drawing, of playing with materials, whether it's mud, sand, whatever we're doing, water. We all have a history, but visual art was a place, although I had some history with it, and I've got some family background in it, in not in any um, way that you would know, um, but I have members of my family who like to paint and draw. Um, th th it was uh, it was their province, and it was one that I didn't know uh, so well, and didn't feel I had any intimacy with really, or was divorced from that intimacy, which I think we all are from when we're kids. Some of us are not. Some of us are. So I'm just talking about how you recapture that. Um, that feeling of, oh, this is, I'm just drawing. So I started off this, uh, these, these 
this talking with the, the first one was about going in and seeing somebody else's art that they've made in a gallery in a formal situation and the experience of that the second um two were about um me making something a book and now i want to go back to that place where it all started in terms of drawing and putting putting marks on a flat surface and because why am i doing that because well it's it's fascinating to go back to that because it just reminds me of my origins and sort of keeps me on track and it refreshes somehow and it keeps me connected to my own evolution. And also with you, it's, oh, well, I want you to come with me. I want you to understand. And although I don't want you to do what I do, except I don't want you to be me. I don't want you to do things my way. I just want to offer um, tools, ideas as entry points where you uh, look at what might be a confusing world of art, contemporary art, from the inside out, because that is what has happened to me. I didn't start out thinking that I wanted to make the paintings that I'm making now. I had no idea, no idea it would come to this. I didn't set out to do that. What I set out doing, well, how it started was um, I had, uh, I believed that I couldn't draw. I believed I couldn't paint. Um, I had memories of being a kid uh, right the way to early adolescence. It was early adolescence where it all kind of grinds to a halt, ground to a halt for me. And then there were, <clears throat> uh, there was a place I went to annually as an adolescent where um, for a week, um, that's what you did. There was an artist there in residence and um, I stayed there for a week as a kid with my mother and um, just found myself going into the small hours of the morning, um, making things, just because I wanted to, had no other reason. So now, you all these years later, and the reason why was I was um, on film sets, and it's there's a lot of waiting, and I'd done enough of reading, and I think, I don't know, I just don't know how it started, but I just started thinking of copying uh, photographs. <clears throat> I did it, I did it very meticulously. And I did it like that to reassure myself about could I draw? Was I technically accomplished enough? And I did these and I did them with Barrow, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, and I did them very meticulously. And it was very, very exciting to have uh, something come off the page because of shading, because of areas of dark and light produced this image, produced this illusion of this being a real having dimension. And I think that appeals to um, a lot of people. Um, it's it's the, that draftsman side of, of, of painting and art and drawing that um, is very compelling, extremely compelling. 
And when you see yourself able to do it, it's like you're a magician. <laughs> it really is like you're a magician. It, that's what it felt like. And I got a lot of in interest from other people around me um, who were seeing me doing this. Oh my gosh, that's good because of the realism of it. And so that was very encouraging. And I kept going with that. And then I made um, this film um, by myself called Orange Peel Feature. It's a feature film. And I made it by myself and I drew all the backdrops. And I was uh, drawing these backdrops full size, which I needn't have done actually with the green screen. And I thought about that, but I actually just wanted to. I wanted to do, you know, like people paint ceilings or paint on walls. Uh, frescoes, graffiti, whatever. It's, it's that feeling that it was larger than life and that you could really immerse yourself in it and could, it was a physical experience. So I was doing that and, um, and then um, what happened was, the truth is that I got loaned a book. Now with all of these things, which change things, I know that during this whole our, our communication, I do want to identify all these outside influences, but I'm because I want to give them credit. But I'm wary of that because I don't want this to be too sidetracked because I really want you to find your own way. And this is just one way. I think it's a, a really excellent way. And the reason why I was searching around for this and this, um, you know, a friend of mine gave me this and I think they knew what I was, you know, I think we talked about what I was going through, that I wanted to be able to draw from my imagination. Um, I didn't want to draw from life. So I had been drawing from photographs, but it's so static that it started being really, limit, really limited. But I didn't want to have someone sit in front of me. I didn't want to go to where other people were um, and, and you know, deal with other people and what they were drawing. I wanted to keep this very, very personal. I don't want any over-dominating um, outside influence. And so I came across this technique where you find access to your imagination. And it's actually, as I found out later, it's actually a movement in 20th century art. <laughs> in the early part of the 20th century, um, there's a bunch of artists who became very interested in doing this, um, in doing this themselves. But they had, I think they had a bunch of reasons. Some of them were intellectual, intellectual and philosophical. And I want to sidestep that because what I think this technique does is that it counters that side of your brain, the analytical side of your brain, the objectifying side of your brain, the, the um, comparing and assessing side. And what you are accessing is something else. And so what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? It's very, very simple. Like all amazing things, it's so mind-bogglingly simple to hardly be worth bothering with at all, you know? Why even bother? But I, why? Because you are going to encounter things down the line. It's like starting off on a journey. You don't know where you're going. 
you've got an idea that you're going to buy a ticket, you're going to get on some sort of mode of transport, or you're going to use some kind of transport, whether it's your legs, and you're going to go somewhere, and you don't know where you're going, but you're just going on an adventure. It's not a two-week thing where you've got your hotel booked. No. It's... Um, although surprises happen in those situations. <laughs> but, but no, this is really stepping out into the unknown. So it, this is, and so all this is, is a starting point. But there are things to bear in mind as you go along. So what do you do? Okay, you get the most, right, we're just going to start with this, which is making marks on a flat surface. It could be anything. You could do it, you could do it, uh, with big materials that make th things in three dimensions. You could do it with music. You do it with anything. Um, but we're going to do this because this is what I did. And I'm, I'm just excited to, to tell you what happened when I did this. Okay, But I want you to feel that you could do it too. So what you do is you get um, any very simple materials and you just stick to something which is a no-brainer so you get um basic brushes don't worry about them too much just get a few buy a few if you know someone or whatever that are very 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 basic and we're not spending any money on this and then you of course you can if you want to um but the idea is to take away any um sense of is to in is to increase a sense of freedom because there's nothing at stake here there is nothing at stake here so so that's why i'm making everything incredibly basic uh, that's what worked for me you might want to spend more money on this because that's you know you you you're at ease with that <laughs> but i just Rolls of paper, cheap paper, that you're going to cut up so that you can go for size, you know. Um, tempera paint, you can use acrylic paint. I use tempera paint because it was just so, so easy. I mean, the whole thing is very, very childlike, really. It's what a, a child would do. And that really, really suited me. And there you have it. So you've got, you've got a roll of paper, you've cut it up. You've attached it to a wall, a cupboard, whatever. But a space, you've got to have some kind of space where you can expand. If you don't have it, that's not a reason not to do it either. Just, But the, the idea is that you can really spread your wings and that there isn't a, a defined limit to the paper that you can attach. You can stick other pieces of paper, pieces of paper on. Anyway, that's the kind of the, the boundaries of this. But let's start at the point, the first point, where just start with any piece of paper on any flat surface, preferably standing. There's a reason for that, which, which I hope I'll tell you about if I remember. Um, you start, you dip your, your you've got some, a, a, a bit of water, jar of water, you've got your paints, um, you can put them in this particular book, which I am going to tell you about, I thought was very useful, were these ice cube trays. So you've got these different colours, and you pour all your colours in. You've got, you know, you get the poster paints or tempera paints. You can have 
just get a whole the set you know just get a set so you're not even worrying about what the names of the colors are and with acrylics you're gonna have more sort of technical names which is why starting with a bunch of poster paint that come you know ready done right so anyway moving on so you get them in the ice cube trays and then you just pick the first color that jumps out at you that appeals to you bang you dip your brush in and um don't have to worry what kind of brushes are you can choose the length of the handle you can choose the width the you know get get some decent size not not all tiny um you can you know, get a sort of a, a medium-sized brush, a good-sized brush, and then dip it in and make your first mark. And what you're going to do is you're going to put the mark, you're going to start on the paper, and then you're going to do a continuous line. And you're going to keep going round, or wherever you want to go, whether you want to stay in a small area of the when you want to start branching out, just let yourself wander. Like you're just wandering around a space, like you are physically just walking around. And then what will emerge as you're going is a sense of somehow this line is outlining something or suggesting as it moves because I doubt you can't just do one straight line. It's got to turn some corners. As soon as you turn a corner, there is something becomes suggested to you. And if it's a face and that appeals to you, you do that. If it's an object, if it's an animal, if it's something out of a landscape, a tree, a lake, whatever, whatever it is. Now the point of this is that you're going to follow the line around. You're not going to stop and go, oh, well, if this is a face, then I've got to really make this into something and make it look like a face. You don't. You start to think about, say it's a face or profile. So you're going up the neck, up you go. You're going under the chin and you're just following around what a chin is like, it's got there, and then you've got some lips, so you're gonna do the bottom lip. If this is profile, is maybe it can be slightly open, so you go in, in, and then you go up to the top lip, and then you're going up that part under the nose, and then you're coming out for the nose, then you're slanting up, and you just keep going, you've not got any sense of where this is gonna fit, it can, it can, you can make any of these bits as large as, just keep following, and then you're getting to the eyes. Do you want to do an eyelash, an eyeball, an eyelid? What do you want to do? Up, round. You could jump, you know, you can do some shortcuts. No, I don't feel like doing the eyelashes. No, I don't feel like doing that bump. I want to. And then you're coming round, and you keep going, and then you're aware, and you're looking, and you think, oh. There we are, there's a person. It is remarkable, and this goes back to my ideas about pareidolia, actually, that you need next to no information um, to, in, in, uh, to, to, to infer what that is. Very, it is 
That is a human profile. It takes very, very little to convey that. And so, if that's what you've done, it might be an animal or whatever. It's got to just arise. You find yourself having created something out of nothing. I don't want you to stand back from this during this process. And I want you to keep going. I want you to keep going and I want you to fill this page. I don't want you to stop. Um, it's not that artists don't stop. It's not that there is no stopping. There is, it's not that there, is, there isn't uh, work that just is a line. It's not that, but not at this stage. This, sta this stage is just is digging, is going, going, going deep. And it's not about creating something beautiful. It's not ending up. You don't want to end up with something. You don't want to stop because you're spoiling something. You don't want any idea of spoiling. You just, this is a, a, a pure exploration. And I'm, I'm putting all of this into a very brief account. Um, so, because I just want you to get going with that. And if you, there, there are voices inside that can say, oh, this isn't good enough, which is why I don't want you to stand back. I don't want that assessing, compartmentalizing, categorizing, hierarchical type side of your brain to come out. It's not got to be there. And this also is not to be shown. This is a very personal experience. This is not to be shown to anyone. Because it, it's so easy to drift into ideas of what other people like and what they don't like, which is very, very personal. It doesn't matter how educated you are about art. It's those sorts of responses are very, respons are very personal and to do with them and not to do with you and not to do with your exploration. When you're flowing like this, you don't want that kind of side of your brain. You are finding out what will come out of you. Anyway, so those, that's the starter um, of it all. And it really is just that. Um, you don't stand back. When you've gone to the point of almost, could you say, exhaustion? And that's one one way of figuring out that that's it. Or, it, I don't know, it's a natural break. Uh, it's not the kind of break that says, oh, I don't, I, I, I'm going to stop because I'm going to spoil it. It's not that kind of stopping. But um, if you look at what you've done, you're looking at yourself. And if you don't look with joy and a sense of magic, um, then you are very, very hard on yourself, way too hard on yourself. Um, because what has happened here is magical. It is. You have created, whether it's whatever it is, you have created something from nothing. And there isn't anything more magical than that. Um, I, I, so there I am doing this, and I'm in, I have a uh, one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. I've been making this film. Um, I'm at the point of editing the film. 
it's taken me a couple of years to do the footage and to do all stuff. I mean, I got a lot of interruptions with it, but while I'm editing, it's a release to be doing these paintings. And I've got my, my bedroom anyway, was just my film studio. And I used to um, sleep in the closet, the walk-in closet, which is so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. I mean, making this film was... I mean, I griped about it because I, was, uh, I wasn't too well and it was very, very hot and the, the airplanes kept going over and I had to get... And blah, 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 blah. But, um, of course, the memory of it is very, very um, wonderful. Um, the fact that... Uh, and I, it was wonderful to be sleeping in this walk-in closet. I got these cushions down and... And the whole of my two-bedroom flat was just given over to being a, a film studio with sort of storage. The whole kind of sitting, dining, kitchen area was storage of all of these backdrops and the props. My former bedroom was the um, shooting studio. And so I'd emerge uh, in the morning out of this walk-in closet and uh, just poke my head out and just... It was just so exciting because I was in Los Angeles and I had my own film studio, you know, and uh, just right there and 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 having, you know, well, anybody would be excited of that, whether you've worked on film sets or not. For anybody, that's exciting. But also I had all this wall space where I was also doing these paintings and I was doing this technique and it, it evolves and all sorts of things happen with it. It's a, it's a real adventure from a simple start point, from some simple techniques. And there are probably more, you know, that I could go into, but there aren't really. It's just there are things that I can say that can, that can help assuage an analytical, overthinking, overjudgmental mind. That's all I'm countering because the whole process of creating something is as simple as that your starting point and and off you go um but i'd um so i got all these rolls of paper and i was i had this butcher paper that i could get and from this and i was from this store in in los angeles and i you know i used to drive with it poking out of an open car window um because it was just jutting out and i just get home and i'm just slice it up and just get it on the wall with some blue tack or some pins or whatever just right into the wall I was doing it and on and I'd laid some plastic down on the bottom and it was oh my gosh and I was using um I was using all sorts of brushes at that time I was using um like house painting brushes or um, but like uh, paste brushes, I was because I just got interested in and in how rough these brushes could be, and I made these. Um, I made these people, and I didn't. I'd done these strips of paper that were uh, fairly narrow, sort of people wide, a person wide, going all the way down, a pe person high, and I just did a bunch of them all the way around blank, so I could just get on a roll, and I just. And out, out came these people. And then I I did other things. Oh. And it was, and it, they were full size. And I just felt like I'd created a person. I had, I'd created this person, a friend, a companion, a, a magical being. And uh, I always love this idea of going, uh, you know, if you sleep on something, if you, if you give it a night, 
and all the dreaming that goes on in the night and then you something else happens when you've made something something else happens to it when you wake up in the morning it's become something else because of all the sleeping you've done <laughs> and the dreaming you've done um and I can remember at that point now I was sleeping on the sofa in the next room and I can remember because I think it was all about the editing and I just came into this blank room which was now no longer a film studio but a painting studio and there they all were they were all there and where had they come from they'd come from my imagination but they'd taken on a life of their own and they weren't um, they were they had their own identity now and they'd come from my imagination, but what's that? And there they were. A whole line of them, like in a fairy tale, like a bunch of frozen princes that you're going to awaken. Oh, it was great.